Welcome to Coffee Bites, the show where we take nibbles of data and info and discuss them over coffee. I'm Sam, and this is Miles, and today we are not talking about tech at all, but rather something that we got to do this weekend that uh, Miles is actually sitting right behind me, which is cool, but we that he, the reason he's out here is what we're going to be talking about today. It's the follow-up to the Universal episode where, post-fun event, we reconcile with the podcast episode about it so yeah so today we're doing this over a little bit of a little bit different instant coffee which actually i don't know that's kind of it kind of checks out for what we're going to be talking about today it kind of fits in with the uh the theme of our topic of conversation but this is what vivida instant coffee i think you said vivid instant coffee we were supposed to use it during our uh, fun little event but uh, occurrences happened where every chance we might have had to use it we were hindered I don't. I honestly don't think that we actually had the capability to. We get had water. water, and that is all we needed. But I don't think we either had the energy levels or the capacity to not sleep. Yeah. Because um, it was either sleeping or making coffee, and sleep is more important. Cutting to the chase, because all of you must truly be wondering what the hell we're actually talking about. Uh, Miles and I, and my brother Tim, uh, attended a airsoft event this weekend called Milsim West. For those who know, this requires no explanation of why we're sounding so tired and exhausted. And if you don't know, essentially, Miles and I are silly little war nerds who like to play silly little war games, i.e. airsoft. Um, And this is like the peak, some say, of uh, quote-unquote realism or like intenseness. The creme de la creme of airsoft. Kind of, yeah, it's pretty much like for those who want a more kind of tactical, more endurance experience versus just like your quick little, uh, you know, airsoft field, go and shoot and get hit and have fun and actually be like safe and healthy and happy. Healthy, this is more of a, uh, this is more of a pain driven experience, but it was actually a lot of fun and it's a completely different side of airsoft that is uh, enjoyable to do once in a while i think i think it strips airsoft of what it sort of becomes sam hit on it earlier while we were discussing that airsoft's been taken over by kids who like to run fast use their rainbow colored guns that shoot thousands of bbs per second with unlimited ammo at you and just count how many kills they get whereas where it was really conceived airsoft is in essence like a a play on military simulation where you have your military looking gear your military looking guns and you just get to play war games but well, it's... i feel like since the beginning there's been two schools of thought in airsoft it's like one school is the run fast you know kind of like in the, where it stemmed from like the paintball mentality which did come before i believe which is yeah, I think you did, know yeah. i totally understand that and then the other side is almost kind of using it for like training where you're training with gear that you could use um in a real like if you ever actually get into like an operator or like freaking we're operators dude freaking uh you know if you're ever running like a play carrier and stuff in real life for some reason people can see it as kind of like a training and also beyond just the gear and stuff people like have i've talked to people who've gotten into this to really learn especially with milson west is kind of like the far of uh, far into that side um people who use this for training in terms of like group movement or like map reading you know navigational skills like uh sustainment skills like actually learning how to carry all this weight and carry all this sustainment gear because um so milson west is a company that's been running military simulation events for like 20 years i think at this point i've been around for a really long time and what makes these events different is that they are 40 hours i don't think ours lasted 40 hours ours was 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 about 40 hours because we started friday night at 10 and we ended sunday morning at nine in the morning step off was at 10 but we arrived at two so i think if you count the fact that we were actually counting that that, but you can you could go back to your car and you can do whatever you want before we actually like but once the game started you weren't allowed to actually you weren't allowed to go back to your car we slept on the field we ate on the field and um we'll talk about that later but sleeping on the field while the game's active means you don't really get much sleep at all foreshadowing there's a reason for the title of this episode but oh yeah that's that's the latest story we love that. Um, but essentially, this event is like the this company makes kind of the events that are considered like to be like the pinnacle of those who want to play airsoft for like the realism ex- training experience of being uh, an infantryman. Sad and in pain. Yeah, sad and pain is a very key part of that. Yeah. So I think they say they said like you know, the, the events are designed to be kind of give you the experience of being like an infantryman, of in a, a light a, infantryman in a foreign country. Yeah, a light infantryman in a assault. Or like a um, operation. So 
So there's a very rigid chain of command. You're getting orders to do things, and you do it to the best of your ability. It's not about being the, the solo hero who runs in 1v9 exactly. and clears an entire building. You have to work as a team. We still kind of got plenty of those, though. Okay, we had one of them. But it's it's supposed to be about being teamwork and being part of a bigger cog or bigger uh, yeah. gear set where everyone has to work together to achieve objectives, which is very different than what Speedsoft or a lot of modern Airsoft is about, where it's like you are your own person. You're fighting the entire enemy team with a ton of single people also mm -hmm. trying to fight the entire team at the same time and i mean it's also different from a lot of people's experience with airsoft in terms of like there is no winning and losing it's more of a fluid operational i mean i personally consider the fact that we won oh no we didn't win we rolled them we were chasing them around yeah the that's to the point just because we had them on the run for most of the event we ended the event with our front line essentially touching their established headquarters we for were, the enemy we team were fighting which... them from their base and our base so we we took ground and we pushed them back so i consider that to be a win but it's not like very black and white win objectives like how many flags does one team have or like how many kills did one team get like some airsoft or like you know video game shooting back and forth kind of like mentality of winning and losing there was no like uh quantifiable object win states you know what I mean? Like, there's no quantifiable win or lose states. It's more of, like, in a mindset thing. So I don't think they ever actually truly say who wins and loses these events. It's just kind of left up to interpretation of how the game stand stands when we uh, call it on Sunday. Yeah. But um, this was something that Miles and I have been wanting to do for about two years now. Probably ever two since and a we, half. Yeah, ever since we, like, really became friends and started talking about Airsoft and uh, getting all into that stuff. Um, so I had been one of these before, back in 2017, and had a lot of fun. Um, definitely had some rose-colored glasses about how this event, how these events actually like affected you. They were very rose-colored from what, and we from what your talk that. was halfway through. And I mean, I did actually, did, I do understand, and it did make sense later on about how the differences between the first time I went and the second time I went, and we'll get into that, but the differences between these two outings did actually make sense of why i had such a different experience personally i don't know we pushed through dug in our heels and uh, got through this long event and i'm really glad tim was able to come out tim was originally because tim uh my older brother tim he has a very busy job he's all over the place but he had heard us talking about this before we probably spoke at our wedding uh danny has wedding about this because i know miles was able to come out and tim was there as well they we all probably spoke about this but just wanting to do this together because he got super into it as well of just like hey let's do this it'll be so much fun like little boys I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it. That sounds like a lot of fun. And Tim being there actually greatly enhanced the experience. So, much so I'm glad because Tim has that real world military experience. He was able to bring that into our funny little war game and actually give us like a lot more structure in terms of like tactical knowledge of how to do things quote unquote properly. He was way more into it than us, I think, at some points. Mm -hmm. Like we were just having fun chilling with our team and then we turn around and Tim was just He said that he wasn't gonna he was just gonna have fun because he was there with us but i think he really ended up getting super into it <laughs> um but yeah miles i know dumped tons of money into getting ready for this whoa 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 i i uh, as far as the record show i put no money into this glaring at sam that's totally i mean honestly because you weren't into airsoft before we really started talking to this to my understanding i had played airsoft a bit in my youth um but the stuff that i had for my old airsoft would have been so because far inadequate for what we actually ended up doing there's no blaming you i mean like freak i mean anyone who does any even light amounts of research realizes this is not a cheap this is not an inexpensive hobby it is very and expensive. you were probably on the low end in terms of like price for a lot of the people that were there i was probably it's very low on the real. low end and it still felt like a ton of money to me yeah but i mean now you have the sickness so you're gonna keep spending money but i think <laughs> that i think the one thing i explained to some people is that the cost of entry for doing these events is very high but yeah between this and the next event because we are going to another one there is no yeah, way we are not kind of obsessed. it's not going to be that expensive for me in retrospect to what it was yeah it's more of a once you develop your kit and your gear S small modifications to that are going to take place but it's not like you're buying all new gear between each of them mm -hmm. unless we want to switch teams of course if we're, we're i mean the next one sam and i have already planned out exactly what we're going to do and we don't really need to buy much for that it's just going to be about how much fun do we want to have with it that determines yeah how we're spend. but that's that's for the the afterwards so i know we got our gear together um miles shipped him stuff out to me um because and then he flew out here with his gear from virginia and we essentially got here 
Wednesday night or Thursday morning. Thursday Tim morning. got yep. here Thursday morning as well. And we staged, got everything ready, uh, hit up Korean barbecue because... Why not? I'm that addicted. was like, we just kind of carb loaded and protein loaded on at Korean barbecue. Which helped so much. It did. Our energy levels were high. We were feeling really good. All right, until okay. Saturday night at 2 in the morning. Yeah. So... As I mentioned before, the event is 40 hours that we have to sustain ourselves on the field. So you have to pack in all of your food. So we decided to go to REI for snacks, which I was like, why can't we just go to a grocery store? It's going to be so much expensive. I'm glad we did, though, because REI did have a few good selections of things I had not seen before. And just for knowing what was available, because, I mean, a lot of their stuff they sell there is going to be focused for backpacking, trail, sustainment yeah, stuff. Lighter so weight, higher calories. Now that I know what to get, we can probably find it cheaper at grocery stores, but just grad doing that first initial jump of like, okay, these are what actually kind of work. So yeah. we got some really high protein. You make a lot of it if you think about Oh, that. 100%. We got some really high protein, uh, kind of like granola bars and protein bars, dried fruit, beef jerky. Actually, there was these really good jerky sticks called fatty sticks. Those are delicious. Highly recommend. Amazing. High calorie, high protein high sodium just to get you reju rejuvenated you probably ate a ton of preservatives with the, with with 100 percent. Oh, we our stomachs are probably going to be very upset for the next week or so 100 oh, percent. um but the better i think the, the the highlight of that specifically was the espresso gel packs we found those things were more than just lifesavers those things kept us alive it felt like they had about 50 milligrams of caffeine which isn't terrible like half of an espresso shot but they tasted amazing and they were very easy to consume kept our so, squad leave a squad lead like in the fight at Point I time. felt so bad for him just because I know and we can talk about that later he was one of the guys who he didn't he wasn't part of our original group like of people going but we, we were put into like a group of about 10 people when we got there as like that was our little squad unit and our the guy who was in charge of us I think he had something wrong with his lungs like I think he had something that had happened that he, he just kind of having some trouble with his lungs and there was a lot of dust at this event. Whoa, whoa, don't ruin the legendary asbestos story, okay? Like, so, a little bit of background. The the, the uh, field that we were playing at was an abandoned uh, Air Force housing project. From like, the 40s? 60s, I 60s. think. 60s? And Lead that, paint and all. Lead paint, asbestos. Like, it was a complete monstrous place to be. That sets the story for the Saturday night or Saturday day, Saturday yeah, night the stories asbestos that we'll get closet into. Incident. Yeah, the asbestos, the not the asbestos closet, the entire asbestos incident. Yeah, that so was I think what broke Miles' spirit. It it shattered me, but I think the asbestos was uh the most sadly the most memorable part. Yeah, and we'll see in 10, 20 years how much that actually damaged our bodies. If this podcast randomly drops off because some of us have cancer, we know where from. Yeah, that'll just be sad. But and I mean, it's not like we weren't aware of that. We were told going in that this was going to be a mess, and we mitigated it as much as possible. Yeah, so I think we can just kind of chron chronologically go through how this event rolled out. Let's start with the let's start with the bloodbath of Friday night. Uh, well, I think getting there was kind of interesting. I mean, you know, we packed up into Tim's car, we drove hour and a half, got some donuts. We were we were the spirits were high. Sam was anti donut. Can I have everyone on this podcast say that powdered donuts slap? I bought Dude, a I got a bag so, of powdered donuts. They're so bad for you. They're so hard to eat. Hey, hey. honestly. I don't even, th I mean, they taste fine, but they're not, they don't taste that good that it is worth eating, trying to choke down more than like two of those powdered donuts. You said that and you ate like four or five of them. I ate three and I only ate the third one because you wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> hey, we needed the calories. We were front loading calories a ton because I think each day I ate under a thousand calories. You were downright like cyber bullying me about not wanting more of these powdered donuts they're good i get i guess so we had an excuse to eat junk food and burn it off pretty much immediately you take that so it was about a two-hour drive we got there we parked we had about i think this event was about the four like a force size of about 400 on about 600 so there's a lot of people there it didn't really feel like that many people it though. was 200 it was like 290 versus like 600 i think so we yeah that's 300. true 300 versus like 600 it it never felt like there was that many people though like, until saturday night i mean not that many people because i mean like i feel like we ever only ever saw like 100 or more 200 people on the other team true and even then at the end there was only like maybe four like two or three hundred people total so it makes me question how many people there actually were on the other team I think also how many left. people left or how many people bought tickets and didn't show up it just didn't feel like i mean there was a lot 
of space. This was a very large field. There was it was all urban. It was all like houses. It was essentially like a subdivision style neighborhood with mix of one and two story buildings that is very tight, very fighting environment. And all of the houses are completely like destroyed. Like they're standing, but the insides are gutted or halfway gutted. There's floors that are just freaking demolished that you can like fall through if you're not I careful. I fall through a ceiling. Yeah, there's like barbed wire all over the place. It's it's a complete freaking hazard it's if you shot. aren't careful oh. which is kind of interesting that you know i do understand some people's perspective about like it's almost somewhat irresponsible to have these kind of events there but it was too much freaking fun yeah. <laughs> like it was a very fun experience having to work with those conditions and those environments but um yeah so we got our gear checked they make they check your gear because you know they have certain item requirements to make sure that people you know they actually have to physically get eyes on the fact that people brought water that people brought food that people brought you eye protection think they need to do you would think but, but some someone's people... definitely messed up bad enough that they have to yeah do. so we got our gear checked we kind of got into our big group got our mission objectives all that jazz um so the scenario essentially was that our side was pushing into a enemy controlled city so we were attacking a a fortified city that was already occupied by the enemy team so it wasn't like two teams running at each other from central points the other team had already been able to fortify themselves they were dug in deep friday night and we were attacking that so essentially our team friday night our job was to just rush and take as much ground as possible i think our objective was to take about two or three city blocks worth of land and then hold it for essentially the rest of the event and that was a bloodbath of bloodbath was a meat absolute meat grinder of like friday night was very it was first off it was at night and sam and i were not rocking night vision which next time we want to Mm -hmm. um i feel like that will change the experience so we are essentially half blind running through an enemy occupied town trying to clear buildings and crossroads into enemy fire so there was a lot of like machine gun positions a lot of people holding angles that we had no idea seen so a lot of just getting shot out of the dark and and the enemy camo blends in very yeah. well to the dark so um, it was intense <laughs> yeah some of the what was your what was your highlight of fr- the friday night till till we get to the 4 30 a.m which is another fun story um well the very first time the very first street we pushed across i think 75 percent <laughs> of our squad got like gunned down to the street and i made it to the other side of the street with one other person and we essentially were separated from you guys for the next hour because of that because you guys had to go and get respawned back where we essentially started while the other like me and this other guy essentially had to walk around it we had to continue the the push you know because at night it was so hard to like see each other and so hard to identify with so many other people like our squad dissolved a few times and then had to re-find each other and then we lost each other again and found each other again it was a complete mess we were told going into this essentially that like this is going to be a giant mess because we have a very large force pushing a very large force and it's at night and everyone is like not really differentiated from each other in terms of clothing or uniform rather and it was just a complete mess so we pushed up we actually succeeded very well that first night we did in the, in the grand scheme of things we we and we were able to hit that objective push the enemy team back to a certain street that we actually our think our big group our company so there's three big groups and then that split down into like a ton of smaller groups but our bravo big company. groups yeah bravo company our job was to like push right up the middle of the field and take a giant chunk of the center of the field and we were able to do that pretty well considering that the other two companies on the left and right were having a lot of trouble so while we were pushing straight up the middle we were constantly getting attacked and flanked from both sides because the other two companies couldn't complete their objective yeah one one thing to note about uh sorry um backing up a second our bravo company was stationed as the QRF, so the quick reaction force of the group, which meant that we were to take a centralized position, hold that position with our lives, and then should either of the two companies on our left or right, if you're looking at a map, need help, we are to quickly run to them, clear the building with them, and then run back to our position. Pretty much, we're like the, uh, like, yeah, whenever, you described it pretty well, but if anyone needs, like, help, we're just 
there to help and then go back to be ready to help again. Which meant that we were pretty much in the, the boiler. Uh, so if either company was pushing forwards, they would meet our forces mm -hmm. and the places we were holding, which we learned the hard way sometimes. Yeah. But it made the event so much more fun because we didn't have that. Uh, we had some downtime in some cases where we just got to chill. But then when we got into some action, we never got to the boring stuff of just walking through 20 buildings. We were just running straight into some fights, which made it a ton more fun. Yeah. So it was a very fun experience. Friday night was just really intense. Uh, we eventually got to a point where we got to our squad, made it all back together, and we got into a building that we were holding and actually got to get some shut-eye. And by shut-eye, we mean an hour of sleep. I mean, honestly, dude, the two of us probably could have done it. We, The two of us, Miles and I, were in a room. Uh, we were holding down a room. Uh, oh, yeah, first thing we had to do, actually, before fortifying that building was walk all the way back and grab our packs with all of our, our stuff rocks. and then walk all all the way back to the building about like probably what like a half a mile which so isn't the terrible. entire the entire event was stationed in a one square mile give or take plot of land mm -hmm. and so that's a one square mile for 600 enemy forces and 300 of our allied forces to be fighting it out see that's why that's what makes me feel like i I don't really know if there's that many people because the, the density of the people that we actually saw well, didn't I think, feel that big. I think it was Alpha Company where they stationed the most uh, enemies because it's possible. I don't know. It just it just felt like maybe there was like it felt like there was 200 aside instead of like actually that that many people there. You know what I mean? You know maybe doing? we'll see. But I don't know. It was it's kind of skewed because that's again kind of like the theme of these events. You it's don't like know anything about yeah, the enemy. You don't know the big picture. You're just kind of the, the small cog doing what you're told to do. And that's kind of the whole point of the experience. And even the organizers who like on our team, we had staff who organized our events, what kind of raids, what kind of intel we needed to gather. They didn't know what the enemies were doing. So it couldn't be a, a case of them being, oh, let's organize this. And they talked to the enemy team and they worked together. It sort of felt like they were gathering intel on the enemy team. Well, the enemy team was trying to go against them, so it was sort of like them playing chess with each other. Yeah, the event was very fluid like that. Like, we, the the, the staff on our side had no communication with the staff on the other side. To, yeah, exactly. Like, the script fights to keep everyone, like, entertained. It was all reacting to each other. That's a very good, actually, way. Like, the, the cadre, that's what they call the staff for Milson West events. They were actually just playing chess against each other. Which made you feel actually part of the... Uh, you, you felt like your, yeah. your data was... In, like, we went on a recon mission at one point in time, and I felt like the information we gave back to them wasn't the, oh, we already know this information. It sort of felt like the, we're giving them stuff that they can use. Exactly, yeah. And that was, what, Saturday night? That was Saturday night. But finishing the Friday night story. Yeah, we... Me and Miles decided to do, like, 10-minute shifts for watch, which probably was a really bad idea. It was not really to give us any sleep more just like to give us a chance to get off our feet yeah so we for more background on this our our kits were wearing like uh plate carriers with all of our ammunition all of our gear all of our tools stationed on our body in addition to our guns our battle belt as in our uniform yeah they don't recommend first timers wearing plate carriers and i completely understand why because not was only a is lot that heavier than we anticipated yeah. because we even though we weren't using real steel ballistic plates we still were carrying carrying a ton of water on us mm -hmm. which weighed these plates down so your back started hurting after yeah yeah. the first hour Especially since you're not i mean i don't know about you i don't train with i don't do like any sort of like training for that specific like, i don't train with a weight vest i don't no, train i'm going to now i don't even know because like that's such a rare occurrence like i'm not training to wear a plate carrier i'm like just going to the gym to work out to you know just be general fit and get muscle so it was kind of a, it was a different use case for being fit than what i'm currently training for Very and different. so i definitely still felt like i was pretty gassed because the plate and also another thing about plate carriers that just really i don't think a lot of people think of when you're build like doing plate carriers for airsoft and stuff especially is how much heat gets trapped in between your oh chest God. and the plate sweet mother of god is it hot it's like a freaking like a little air bubble on your chest and your back that is just super heated it's... so you're just burning through sweat and your sweat is making it just even worse because it was about maybe mid 80s yeah. saturday yep uh, and so another thing about this being up at 5 a.m people are like oh you you slept for an hour it's that's not too bad the, the day before we had woken up at eight in the morning i'm pretty sure who is telling you an hour of sleep is not bad <laughs> um okay 
maybe I think an hour of sleep is sometimes okay to do. But that's an hour of sleep after at 10 p.m. starting to sprint. Like during that time period from 10 to 5, it was Very fast intense. sprints with 25 pounds of weight on your body at any given point in time to you never sat down that entire time. So you were on your feet sprinting, walking, sprinting, walking. And it was a lot of sprinting. So you are exhausted physically. And then yeah. you realize that you're going to get an hour, maybe an hour and 30 minutes of sleep. I think at the very end, they summarize it first. It's sort of a hazing uh, where a lot of people will quit that first night because yeah. they realize how bad it is. If you get past that first night, I'm going to tell you this, it's going to suck the second night, but you got past the hardest part, I think. Yeah. Once you get to that second day, it's the second night will not be as bad as the first night. The first night. Well, I think everyone was also just so tired the second night on both teams. Yeah, it takes There wasn't as much because, you know, there wasn't, we had no real engagement Saturday night past midnight. Are you sure about that? Quite. The asbestos incident, that happened at like 9 p.m. That was 9 p.m.? Yeah. It got dark at six miles. <laughs> oh, no. Because I took first watch. Okay, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we'll be back sorry. there. So Saturday day, we woke up about five in the morning. No, we went to sleep at 5.30. When did we get up? Six? We swapped, we oh, swapped for rotating at, at 5.30. So we got up at 6 30 yeah, you're right we did move out at and six. step off was seven o'clock so yeah we like got our gear together we left our packs though and essentially our first mission was to take a grouping of buildings Which because one of the other companies was not hitting their objectives so essentially if anyone here was on charlie step up and walk faster boys I, honestly I could see the people that we were waiting for, and they're like, yeah, we're going to make it here for like two hours. And like, I could literally see them down the road. What's going to take them two hours? But essentially, from a overview, people who play RTS games are going to make this. This is going to be really easy to visualize for them. So the right flank, like the right side of the field was Charlie Company's domain and us and Bravo. Essentially, we had completed our objective. They, Charlie was having trouble completing their objective. So, so our job was to... Not even QRF. We weren't QRFing. This is PRFing. What? Preventive reaction. Yes. We're stopping them from meeting a, a QRF. Yeah, essentially our job was to cut across the top of their area to cut off cut off any enemy that were there falling back and prevent any new ones from coming in to kind of give Charlie an easier time of getting to where they needed to be, which again put us into the freaking meat grinder because we were just trying to push our way straight through enemies on both sides. So that hurt. We 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 did it. I mean, we cleared a lot of buildings. We it kicked a lot so of doors down, fell through a few holes. Um, that's that's where I fell through the ceiling, actually. Got minor amounts of heat exhaustion. Yeah. Uh, so if I don't know if this photo is going to be anywhere on the internet. I snapped a photo of uh, Sam. Uh, after we had cleared a building, Sam was standing out in the heat. And I looked at his eyes and his eyes were glazed, wide bro. open. Standing there, I'm like, you want to get out of the heat, buddy? Like, he yes, walks in, flops down on a set of stairs, and then his eyes just went to somewhere else. I'm like, oh, he's suffering from heat stroke. And it wasn't heat stroke. It looked it was like just heat stroke. Heat exhaustion. That's essentially heat stroke. So I was just like, I was just tired already because I mean, you had like an hour of sleep and then we're in the heat and getting like freaking just this energy sucked out of you. We're just downing so much water. Oh yeah, that's another thing. To get revived, you have to drink a full bottle of water, which doesn't sound that bad. But on Saturday, once we get to that, we were drinking so much that I drank three of those bottles of water in like 15 minutes to the point that I thought I was about to throw up if I drank more water. I mean, anyone who's played sports knows this that just like the feeling of high high energy exertion combined with drinking a lot of water and then continuing to high energy exert yourself it is not a it is a recipe for throwing up like you want to puke yeah i was drinking a ton of water to stay hydrated and then doing like sprints or freaking football training or any sort of sport training it is not fun and that's essentially what we were doing and it just felt like crap so on that saturday morning I, I want to go back to my falling through the ceiling because I think that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, so these buildings, once as we mentioned, are not held together very well. And um, we were clearing for Charlie Company. We were meeting up with an alpha, alpha companies uh, spreading over. I think they were having some fun. Actually, no, was that Charlie, the uh, bearded uh, cadre? No. Got long hair and beard. The guy, he was broing me up. I think I think we broed over having long hair. Oh, the guy that didn't have a hat. Yeah, the on. guy who was, just, he was just rocking ears. like nothing. That was one of the... Sc- Team. No, he's I, one of, I don't think he was a, he had a cadre guy. patch on did he yeah i think because those guys were in bravo i think those guys were just a different no. they were just a different group from us regardless there's one guy i was growing out with over having long hair uh which is a yeah, lot harder than you can imagine so we're taking his building and we're helping him push up some of his team and i step into the bathroom of one of these and my foot just went through the floor like if you've ever seen that that video of the uh hey billy hi ron that hurt hey ron hey billy 
The guy falling through the yeah. The guy fell through the ceiling of this random shop. I felt like I was about to do that for a split second, and then I caught myself. But that's just a preface of how bad these buildings are. You stepped on what looked like solid ground, and the ground gave out below you. Like this was a tiled bathroom ground that just gave out below me, which is sort of impressive. No cuts from that, thankfully. At the end of that day, around I'd say four o'clock, we pushed up to building R32. Now, building R32, I'm pretty sure it's R32, right, Sam? I do not remember. I think it was R32. <laughs> it was R32 or I R34. No, it actually wasn't R because it was R because we were in red. R was in the grouping that we took originally. Oh, we were B, B1 if or B2. If you want to be completely technical about it, because no, we'd have no point of reference for this, I can actually tell you exactly what building it, it was. It tells what building it was. I, I need to know the building of our demise. It, it was B3, actually. B3. So building... Blue grouping building 3. So B3, then. Not R30, R32. R32... I'm going to actually look down. We are building R34. R32 is actually one of the first buildings we hit Friday night. So then R32 was where I fell through the, ce the ceiling then. That was the first. The f you fell through the ceiling Friday night? Uh, no, no. R30, R32 should have been by B B3. No. Uh, what was below B3? The building right below it. Okay. So if you're looking at a map, we B3 was asbestos building. B4 is where we slept the clean the clean rooms. And then behind B4 is where it should left the B area. No, where where we were where we were fighting Saturday morning, that was either down in yellow. Oh, it was yellow. Though. Or it was up in the bottom of blue. I honestly couldn't tell you. We could pour over a map if we wanted to, but that's not really. All we need to know is that B3 is the danger building. B3 was the danger building, and we'll just refer to it as asbestos building. Yeah, so we push up to asbestos building, not knowing what this building is. And it looks like any of the other buildings, just a little more rumble than the other. Uh, we ended up taking this building um and then holding off against a absolute hellfire of just bbs being thrown into our windows laying on the ground in this building be like oh my god i can't wait to get out of this thing we end up yeah. resisting the uh the enemy attack sort of holding them back uh once again, our squad of nine being very resilient in buildings, holding off large yeah. groups for some unknown reason. So essentially, from a from a tactician standpoint, it was a very important building because it was at the intersection of two streets. It was at the corner of two streets. It had perfect overwatch onto a large group yeah. of buildings. So on the other side of the street was all enemy infested. And on our side of the street was our side. And our squad was holding the corner building of this intersection. Our so squad the thing was, was everyone. we could very safely from how like we could hold positions inside the building, repel any attempts for the, the enemy team to cross the street. Or so we thought. But we got eventually, I mean, we got overwhelmed, but it was, it was a way to do it. On the other side of the street was the enemy who was able to do the exact same thing. So att attempts to push one way or the other were very difficult. We watched many a platoon or many a company go in and then just Yeah, die. we had a lot of people from our team push over and get defeated and then a lot of their team push over and we defeated them. It was it was just a very it was a stalemate position. But that was kind of the point because that was our like our established line and that's what we were holding because we didn't want to push any deeper until Sunday when that was like the final attack. So we held it. We held it pretty well. But we call this asbestos building because this specific building that we were told to hold was just in such bad condition and there was just so much dust on the ground and so much like insulation and just pieces of debris thankfully there wasn't a lot of thankfully there wasn't a lot of glass on the second floor because there was a lot of glass Which is another thing the amount of glass on the ground in this location bad. was alarming i would just crunch when i was stepping half the time so you gotta have a good pair of boots oh yeah we refused to sleep there because we're like i'm not sleeping in this dust so thankfully before the building right behind it had two had rooms some pristine rooms dare i say like they were pretty freaking clean but this is after they told us to sleep in an asbestos infested house i mean thankfully this wasn't the real military and we could just go to the people it's like hey listen like i like one of our guys actually has a lung condition so we can't sleep here and they're like or jonathan like do what you do because i feel like in the actual military they're just like suck it up buttercup but since this is still a funny little war game they're like well of course yeah like your like health comes first so they let us sleep in a different building than what we were holding and i, I realize how ridiculous even that just sounds to so many people like it's like it's like that it's a game but we're still having to worry about this kind of stuff yeah we're paying for that yeah we're paying for this experience too but pretty much saturday night is when stuff really got stinky so I'll preface this until the big event, and then you can take over the narration of the big event. Prior to that, the, the entire day, Sam was operating on a very low... Yeah, I was kind of ready to ditch uh, most of Saturday afternoon. Sam like, was ready I, to quit. Yeah, I was... I hit a physical wall 
with my I mean I did hit a physical wall a few times but I just like my my energy level had just dropped to such a point that I could barely like keep my mind focused on any given point and that was like two in the afternoon and I'm like I gotta do this yeah. for another day and so this was like actually intense my my sole mission for once we'd occupied this building the second it hit dark and I I I'm sorry Jonathan if you ever hear this I just sort of took over control from our squad leader I mean honestly dude I think that he was probably pretty thankful because that was like up you organized the sleep schedules and that was just like such a small on the grand scheme of things task for keeping like the squad organized and operational that he'd probably be like pretty happy that you just kind of took that and delegated it our squad wasn't doing too well in sleep so i just took over and i established our watch and sleep cycle so people get an hour of sleep we'd have people on watch covering them while they slept in the non-infested building and the first person up was sam i yep. need to get sam to I sleep so sleep i put this in place as fast as possible got sam about an hour and a half of sleep which honestly kind of saved me for like the rest of the event eventually after an hour of sleep and me organizing this i wake sam up send someone over to go sleep and have my center squad leader away and sam and i get squared off once again watching a window together which is a very common thing uh at which point i everyone but me had gotten a rest cycle me and one other person uh, who later had to step out because he had really bad blisters yeah his feet were destroyed um <laughs> so i sit down next to sam i'm sort of sitting below the windowsill i'm just gonna chill there for a second i finally take my kit off i put it on at seven in the morning maybe taking it off for 30 minutes for a midday rest um but i i had been in this forever so i finally get to take all my gear off get relaxed and i just sit down in this corner ready to take like a 15 minute nap before i swap rotation with sam at which point the sound of actual gunfire because people are using blank fire just erupts next to our building just the loudest i've ever heard it just going off like crazy and then I hear an airsoft, like, truck-mounted machine gun just start blaring BBs at our building, at which point Sam will take over the narration of this hell that we were experiencing. Yeah, so this was probably the most intense fight of the event for us, specifically our specific little group. So to preface, about maybe two hours earlier, we had gone on a little recon mission to scout out which buildings had enemies in them still, like in front of us. So Tim was leading us because Tim had night vision. Um, and our little group went as stealthily as possible, but oh my lord, was there so much rubble on the ground, it was like impossible to walk quietly. And we we actually put pushed up pretty deep into they the enemy high. controlled territory to check buildings. And we reported back information that they had been, they had some bases like, maybe what a couple blocks deep but we didn't see any signs of movement tim did. actually tim did report movement like across the street from tim us reported so we... that there were like 20 people we walked past who were just chilling and not shooting at us which i do not believe an airsofter can see an enemy and not pull the trigger oh i mean no do people go to these events with actually like an understanding of like listening posts like the tactics that are actually like being used because tim tim made it a very big point of like yeah i saw this many people who definitely didn't want to be seen and that is definitely a sign of like okay like we now know they're there but they didn't want us to know they're there and they obviously we as we found out later had a very good reason for us not wanting to know that they had moved that many people that close to oh, us they had a plan because like yeah like if they had just shot us when we were doing our little recon mission we would have known we would have reinforced that many people were that close to us but we didn't really get an understanding of that until they attacked so we got back from that i recorded our stuff i went and got about an hour of sleep which was don't okay you guys gave me an extra hour an extra half hour i really appreciate that that honestly saved me my like mentality for the rest of the event because i was see here's the thing is that i have a very large collection of morale patches like velcro patches and the thing with milsim west is if you get if you want to get the patch specific patch for the event you have to make it to the end it's like the the reward for waking making it to the end and my unwillingness to not walk away from this without a patch was what kept me pushing through the being tired and being like i actually think my body is wanting to give out and also i mean we came all this way to do this i really really didn't want to just quit and sit but you hard, were you close know? I was close, but you were I don't think close. I don't think I would have actually done it, even though I was complaining a bit. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I was in a daze half the time. That hour and a half sleep Saturday night kind of saved my life for the. I think saved my saved my life, saved my ability to stay in. Saved your psyche. So I yeah, I walked over, I grabbed my rifle and walked back over and relieved Miles, who was All like, of like five minutes. getting ready. So he took his kit off and he was sat in a corner. Still not my turn to sleep, but I would have I would have gotten some like kid off time was it not I, I was relieving you wasn't i no we were we were doing a 50 minutes like cycle i still had 30 minutes before i would be allowed to sleep so i was the last person to sleep in my own cycle because i had the most energy so pretty much i sat down in the chair that we had kind of gotten from one of our squad mates and was getting Thank ready you, put, yeah put it up on the window 
looking around. I'm like, all right, cool. We're, we're about five minutes after I'd taken over from Miles. About like 15 flashlights from across the street turned on, and I just got pelted. It was really funny for my ground position to just see like the light of the sun erupt on Sam's face. It just became daytime again, and I got hit quite a few times. So I fell out of the chair and just landed on the dust like, in the ground and was just like, I'm hit. And Miles is freaking out trying to get his kid on because he had to. I had to, his... I had to crawl over to Sam to turn yeah. him before I could even get kid on. Like you got my, you got my, because in these events you have a little like strap you can throw on your arm that's how you revive people. So Miles got that on. I was back up, and our entire squad was just waking up, freaking out, getting our kid on, trying to contact higher up the, our our group's chain to get more people here. It was just a call of contact, contact, contact. Everyone's screaming that. Half the people panicking to put their gear on because like three of us were asleep. And then I was resting, so there was four out of our nine without kit on. So yeah, in the so... middle of a firefight, we were trying to return fire, get our kit on, and not die at the same point in time, which was a... I will never undervalue how fast people can get kit on ever again after that. And it was just pretty chaotic because there was a lot of dust getting kicked up into the air from all the debris inside the building because we're running back and forth resupplying each other. It was a lot of sprinting. So that kicked up the dust a little bit to the point where I have a very bright flashlight on my rifle, like yeah. absurdly bright. When I shown it, you just saw particles of dust, like decently sized particles of dust floating around the air, which is partially asbestos going so into thing, the asbestos incident. Another thing to note about this event is that BBs, like the, the fake bullets, I guess, and revive water, like the bottles you need to revive at people, those are a limited resource. So our squad had a certain amount. And since we were pinned down and getting surrounded, there wasn't really a way to resupply us. So we were very aware that there was a dwindling supply of ammunition that we actually had available to us. Weekly dwindling. So we held out for probably about 30 minutes in a, in a, in a kind of like a nine. Nine on like 50 plus. So to our rest of our team's credit, we did have an like we did have a squad next to us to our left in another building. And I think a team farther down the road that was continuously trying to like flank but we were at the point of the spear yeah we were like the freaking bulwark our building because that's what they wanted so they were throwing a lot of people against us because we had previously we had proven that our our, our squad was surprisingly effective at what we were doing for being the like on all the squads we probably had the least military experience amongst all of us but i think I our really just anyone except for the staff had that much military experience, uh alpha so. company eh. they had they had some they had cooler alpha costumes that were terrifying they had cooler costumes they had cooler costumes yeah but we, we had been proven as a very effective tool for pushing forwards and holding a building with our lives if we died we would die in that building and we would never retreat yeah so i mean we didn't have a choice because we got surrounded in like 15 minutes it was it, we thought we were fine and then i was sitting in the back room because at which point our medic who is very night blind um had decided that he just wanted to swap over medic role so i had taken over the position of team medic which means you have to stay alive to the last minute so you can get people up i mean you, it worked pretty well though because you were in the back room with water and then all the water we had yeah. and then we gave you all of the bbs that we had with a loader that was dylan dylan was loading. oh dylan was i was loading? i was shooting out the back window because yeah. once we got flanked i was fighting off the back of the building while sam and the rest of the squad were fighting like 20 people off in the front so the, we... the fight was fine until i heard the person behind us like scream out the idea is like if you get shot you scream like you actually got hit just for fun um so i heard someone scream behind our building i'm like uh-oh uh -oh. we are surrounded now so but, um, i ended up like fighting off the back of the building while sam was doing the real god's work in the front yeah we were fighting out the windows tim and i and john our squad lead and a couple other people were fighting out the front windows and running magazines back and forth because dylan one of our other squad mates was sitting in the back with all of this all of the bbs we'd been able to accumulate and just loading empty magazines so i was actually running i was i was a runner for a lot of that i was sitting in like that middle stairwell area and like running because i would collect empty magazines from the people at the windows who were shooting run back dylan would load them like trade me for loaded ones and then i would toss them to the people at the windows all of, we we interchanged a lot of magazines i'm actually shocked that i got all of mine back. i lost I three i think miles lost a few tim lost a few so pretty much we held out for about 30 minutes and then i heard downstairs the people we had downstairs call out that they were like they had been hit and that people were inside the building. That's what we knew it was over. So that's what that's what started the asbestos closet incident, whereas the the only room that had a good 
point, like a vantage point to hold the stairwell was what used to be a bathroom. And this bathroom was completely filthy. It was completely full of just debris, the toilet had been shattered so there's porcelain shards everywhere so i was in that room without really i couldn't really sit down i couldn't really do anything so i was just kind of standing there what i realized after i walked in there was that because we were in like an apartment building that had two apartments joined together kind of like a townhouse style and the wall of this bathroom had been kicked through and led to the other side where the second apartment was with another stairwell so they the enemy pushed up the back stairwell which i realized a little too late and was able to like take me out so i dropped i like dropped down to the ground and freaking swept away all of this dust and debris so i could put my head down on the ground because i mean my mouth was covered so thankfully i had a little bit of filtration but the thing with and didn't do much yeah the thing with them attacking this building was there was going to be a lot of bb's flinging around in like close quarters so i was like i know i'm gonna get hit a lot more even though i'm dead uh so i just prepared myself for that so i cut my hand i cut my hands around my face and just kept my helmet facing like they make sure there's no gaps where my face could be hit just my helmet and my carrier on my back so i did get and i I think i ended up getting shot another like 100 times during that engagement yeah sam got lit up because I was just sitting in the middle of where they were trying to push up the stairs. The entire firefight was revolving around the point that Sam was laying down and trying to not get shot. Yep, that was fun. Uh, and, and then Tim decides to try to clear out the stairwell by throwing a grenade down it, so which is just a airsoft grenades are sound-based. Yeah, so it's, a, it's compressed air pushed into a plastic vessel that will eventually burst, releasing a very loud sound and a lot of air. Yeah, a lot of kinetic energy, so it kicked a bunch of dust up in the air, but the thing is that Tim did not make it into the stairwell with that. He he made it, it into the stairwell, just bounced out of the stairwell back at you. <laughs> well, it, it didn't even go It didn't go down a single stair. Oh, it didn't? He, he didn't no, even make it to the stairs? He threw it, and it hit the banister <laughs> and fell back. And then someone tried to kick it down the stairs, and it just ended up spinning back towards me more. So I heard it thump next to me, and I was like, nah, it's probably a grenade. So it detonated, like, right next to my head. But thankfully... Thankfully, uh, I was wearing ear protection because I just don't want my ears to get shot. I always wear ear protection when I play myself because I don't want to get hit in the ear. But it definitely saved my hearing <laughs> a lot there because it just filtered out the noise. Yeah, in this game, the hearing protection was almost as much for protecting your ears as it was for protect your hearing against uh, blank fire rounds because it's a real gun shooting a real round just with no projectile, which is if anyone's ever shot a gun is very loud. Very loud. Um, your ears will ring if you hear a gunshot without hearing protection. So you wore this hearing protection, which is meant to stop against that kind of sound. So these these grenades, if you had hearing protection on when you heard one detonate in front of you, it would be loud and it would still jar you a bit, but it wouldn't like concuss you necessarily. Yeah. So that happened, and that actually I think took out a few dudes on the stairwell. And, uh, but eventually we all got cleared out. And the asbestos that was knocked up around Sam from that grenade yeah, that was a cloud. It was an actual cloud of smoke that started pouring out of his room. So well, of course, we call it, a, we just blank label it as asbestos. Yes, we understand that the asbestos is mostly in the insulation, but regardless, it was just a ton of dust. It was dust and, and was probably like 30% into asbestos. the air. I do not believe it. was just disgusting. It was and foul. So that was just bad. That <laughs> was very bad. Uh, but eventually we all got cleared out. We had some fun times talking to the dudes who came in and uh had there was, killed us all there was yelling matches i tried to bribe our way out of the building as a dead person i tried to bribe our way out ted men shouldn't talk but uh, i said fuck it we balling tried to tried to bribe with 20 bbs to get my life back it oh, did not oh, work yeah, you're like hey you can res me for 20 bbs and they're like no for for reference a mag will hold like 150 bbs so 20 bbs is a very minor amount like nothing but eventually we yeah Sam, take because on. like the rules of the game are like once you're dead and you don't get revived by a like a teammate within five minutes you just kind of stand up and walk back to wherever the like the central respawn point for your team is the problem was we had arc all of our communication like our two chains of communication above us also died in that building yeah, so we just had the, no the idea guy where below to go. us was actually the person above us in chain of command yeah we didn't know where to go so we just took advantage of the fact that i mean we're all dead there's no more fighting in this building and we just kind of sat there and got some like i think a lot of us just kind of of like nodded off for a bit and just rested because we were i mean there's no reason to 
we're not pushing this initiative right now. This we're is one of those work. cases of if you get a second to rest, you take that second, yeah. and that second is so worth. We just chatted with the other team, kind of like just like, yeah, yeah, you guys are cool, good fight, good fight, and uh, eventually they all left. I think our team retook the building. And then we just got up and walked away. But yeah, that was that was probably the most intense moment from that night. Yeah, those 20 minutes felt like we were in that battle for like a solid hour. Yeah. Maybe an hour and a half. It just felt so... That's something else about this entire event is time passed... Very slowly. So slowly. Like the Saturday morning raids we went on were probably from... Uh, if we stepped off at 7, we were we in were the fight at 7.30. And it went from 7.30 to maybe 10 we but looked at each other like and thought it was 2 p.m looked at our clocks realized it was only 10 and then i think that broke sam yeah i was like man because it was hot i was tired i was like ooh, getting through the rest of this is gonna be you know it's kind of like the thing where you're like you're hiking and you're already exhausted you're already tired and then you turn the corner and see that your next section of hiking is like going up to a mountain peak and you're like, wow, I really don't want to do this. But then you just buckle up and do it anyway. That was essentially me the entirety of like Saturday afternoon and evening. Um, luckily, what I was mostly afraid of, which was Saturday night being as intense as Friday night was, did not actually happen. Um, I was able to get some some sleeps. Actually, I took first because I think I had already had some sleep. That was that was my that was the most sleep I got in the entire event. I think I got two hours of sleep that night. I took first watch and let miles get some sleep and tim get some sleep we have a funny sam winking miles up story oh he's yeah he's a little salty about it. i in my defense i was half asleep but yeah saturday night was actually quite nice after that entire fight because i think both teams were just so tired at that point that we didn't no one really was attacking the other one we just actually had a window where both teams was like we're just gonna sleep yeah so but that attack that they pushed lasted till about 11 o'clock yeah that entire push so like we got hit at 9 30 that probably lasted till like 10 15 and then we were resed at like 10 25 yeah and from just... 10 25 to about one in the morning we were just helping a second push we were chilling walking around providing uh overwatch providing intel essentially shining our lights on things um because our team oh had... yeah that did happen when we were camped out in that one story building yeah we had to provide a push for alpha platoon or alpha company yeah, yeah thankfully john kind of jumped in for us because i know at one point there was like the guy that came in and said hey does your squad want to like make some attacks and he's like my guys are burnt and he goes okay cool and then just left <laughs> yeah i think john was also burnt as hell which makes I mean, it so much better were, dude because um, that's another thing that i feel like we you know we're at the end of the day we're all just like normal people who aren't military experienced people for the most part and this is a lot of strain like this is a lot of stuff that we're not exactly used to or prepared for in terms of like pushing your body to these limits so we were pretty burnt saturday evening luckily saturday night was chill Got to just sit on watch, see some shooting stars. That was actually really nice because uh, it was in the middle of the desert. So the air, pol the no light pollution was very minimal. And then, yeah, went to go switch out and actually got like three or four hours of sleep. We did not get three or four hours of sleep. Do not overvalue how much sleep we got. What? We did not get that much sleep. Yeah, we did. I dude. OK, because here's here's the thing. We actually got to bed because you I didn't I, you never had to take another shift so you were asleep you actually went to sleep around midnight because I was on watch from about midnight to one uh, actually no no it was one o'clock to two o'clock because I remember uh the guy I was on watch with got relieved to fall asleep like 15 minutes into watch because the other guy just came back and was awake so we did watch from one to two and then I went back to sleep and we didn't roll out till seven so we got at least four hours of sleep we did I don't feel like I got that much sleep no you were conked and so like you were absolutely zonked if if I'm if my times are right because if I started watch about one and stopped at two you were asleep from about one to about six i got five hours of sleep yep that did not feel like five hours of sleep. <laughs> you were yeah, that you were felt like tired. two hours of sleep max oh five hours <laughs> so you actually got some sleep still not like a full rest but you got some sleep and then i came back at like two o'clock so i got like four hours of sleep and uh was really freaking cold because i didn't want to break my sleeping bag out because i didn't think that we were actually going to sleep the entire night so i went to go eventually get it and i was like i saw that miles didn't have because miles had like a, a sleeping bag cover and then a blanket so i saw that miles wasn't using the blanket he had it bundled up under his head like a pillow and I, so i kind of like tapped him a little bit I'm like hey miles and he's what I'm like, can I borrow your blanket? I am freezing. Like, I'll give you the pillow that I have in my bag, but can I borrow your blanket? I'm freezing. And he looks at me and just goes, I'm freezing too. Like, I'm okay, using the blanket. Wait. I'm cold. And I'm looking at you like, you're not even using it. And then he just kind of like slowly took it out from underneath of him and just put it on top of him. And I'm like, okay. I, I, had, valued, <laughs> I had valued my pillow so much that I didn't realize how cold I was till Sam woke me up, at which point 
all the cold hit me at once. Yeah, it was just really funny because it's like, you know, like someone has a plate of food and they just sit there for an hour and don't touch it. You're like, hey, like, are you going to eat that? And they're like, yes, I'm totally going to eat that. And then just start eating it. I'm like, okay. So I got my sleeping bag, got all cuddled, like cuddled up on the floor, got on the concrete in the next room over just by myself in a sleeping bag, freezing still. But hey, it's a good bag, actually. It's rated like 20 degrees. And that certainly came in clutch. My body heat started to actually warm me up. Got some really good sleep. And then uh, Sunday morning, I think we woke up at six, moved Step out at was seven. Step off was seven. So six o'clock, get up, get my gear on. And then I was pulling my small watch. And then uh, we geared up for Sunday's assault, which is like the final battle kind of thing. They and said two hours. That was more than two hours. I will defend that point. No. Index was at 9.30. So what did we do between 7? Index was 9.30? Yeah. We stopped. The game stopped at 9.30 in the morning. I'm telling you, time did not Dude, time feel di- right. Time was dilated during this entire I thought event. we were it made like, no sense. I genuinely thought that I got two hours of sleep that night. Apparently, I got four hours of sleep that night. Five, actually. Five? Bros, bro, time is time is absolutely screwed. It, it was so bleep. So, yeah, um, we did the final assault on Sunday. And... 30 was index? Yeah. I thought we were fighting for hours. No, it was only two. They weren't lying. That that Friday, that Sunday morning fight was absolutely brutal. I I think I I think I was sprinting in full kit for about an hour straight. Which we were if anyone moving. knows me and they know what my affiliation with sprinting is, they know that I despise sprinting. So sprinting with twenty pounds on my back or fifteen pounds on my back and a seven pound gun in my hands, I was a very unhappy camper. We will put it that way. Sunday was essentially just chasing the enemy team back into their base, which is mostly the reason. I'm pretty sure that we won this event was because that just happened. But yeah, my gun went down. I don't know what happened. I still don't know what happened to it. My gun stopped working, so I was running around just being a medic. Miles is Miles slammed into a wall and snapped his suppressor off his gun, which is tragic. <laughs> I slammed into a wall so hard that I jeered my suppressor loose. So I tried to reattach in the middle of combat. Apparently, I didn't attach it properly, and my suppressor fell off. So now I have to buy a new suppressor for my gun. Tragic. Which is the saddest part about that is not buying the new suppressor. Is that Tim did an absolute killer paint job on the suppressor, and I thought it was really funny that you could see how I used it during the event by how much paint was worn off at different parts. Like if you look at my gun now, before and after the event, I have a photo, half the paint's gone because my gun was a tripod, a barrier, a wall breacher. My gun was a like a sledgehammer in some parts of that. Like, cause I, I busted through a wall of one of these buildings. I, I used my gun to slam a hole into it and I kicked the rest down to get to another building, which is a very empowering feeling if no one has ever done that. But my gun's paint is just shredded from where it was. Also where my cheek was on the gun, there's just like a missing part. Um, one thing about this event that I want to inform people of that Sam is feral, he did not change his socks for this entire event. Yeah. I kept the same pair and it was like absolutely horrible. Any but... chance I got to change my socks, that was priority number one because my socks was stinky and my feet was in pain. I honestly just, because my mindset was it's like the moment that I take these shoes off, I'm not going to want to put them back on. Oh, the effort to put them back on was Herculean. And I also didn't want to ruin the socks that I had on currently because I had my most comfy pair of socks on. I only have one pair of them. So it's like, this is my most comfiest pair. And then I had two pairs of reserve socks. Um... I just didn't want to take the comfy pair off. And I knew that if I took my socks off, if I took my shoes off, there was no going back from that. And honestly, because I did have to take my shoes off Sunday night to get into my sleeping bag. And it was a struggle to get my feet back into my boots because they just were like, this is freedom and we don't want to go back. It is what it is. Honestly, I feel like that's not the most like feral thing we had to do to get through this event. <laughs> uh, what was the most? So I think we had a we had a conversation after and a little bit of a debrief that we had. This is going into the debrief of the entire event yeah, of, our, gotta, of our worst and best here. parts of the event. And I think we what was the worst part that we determined was the the worst thing I, mine was getting woken up by gunfire five minutes after i took my gear off yeah that was, i, I that think was... that's where part of my psyche got shattered also no, because i can tell you the moment your psyche shattered because i watched it happen because you switched from being the person like encouraging me to keep going to being the person that actually agreed with me that you wanted to leave and that is when we were done holding the asbestos building for the first time and we're getting ready to go back to our really comfortable place where we had set up our station, like our patrol base, and then being told that we were moving our patrol base to the asbestos building, that we were going to have to sleep there and stay there for the next 12 hours. And that's when Miles collapsed in a corner and just started to stare into space like I was. 
So I know that that is when Miles' psyche broke as well. Maybe it's when I realized my psyche broke is when I... Yeah, that's when you were... Because that's when you also started to echo the sentiment of, you know, maybe going back to the car is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, but if I Miles think, is there, this must be actually bad. I think one thing... I don't think I would have done it if you give him the opportunity. I think I was mentally there, but I don't think I would have physically done it. Yeah, I mean, that's the same for me too. I was mentally there, but physically, I, think... I just couldn't... I couldn't allow myself to not see this through because of yes. how much we had done to get here how much this has like been planned and paid for and also like i really wanted that freaking patch it was a no no like, offense to mills west but this patch it's was an okay patch it's not their best it's not their worst but it's kind of like that. i feel like the patch we got though is a sort of a i survived the ao patch more yeah. so it's it's just like a, one of those i survived t-shirts that you see in a lot of places it's more of like the this is proof i survived that I did the a buffalo thing. wild wings flame and hot challenge but for yeah, Milson. it's like the proof that you did a thing you know it's yeah. like i would have absolutely hated going that far and not just seeing it through so that kept me in i don't know it's like it was hard to kind of pin down a best moment because the entire event the overall was just so much fun at the end i would not have traded anything to have not done that uh, that sounds weird yeah I would have done that a hundred times over, regardless of how bad it was, just for that experience at the end. Like the moment it's over, the moment you're all sitting together and they said like the, thank you guys for coming out. Like, I don't know what it was about that exact moment, but you're like, holy shit. Like the second they give you the patch, you're like, I made it. Like I went through a minor version of, of hell, very well, minor you know, for a civilian. It's, it's a, like, it's more than most civilians will experience. It's like doing like a Spartan race. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, it's above and beyond what is normally expected for fitness in that term. This is above and beyond what airsoft is expected. You know, you go through a ton of uh, really being uncomfortable. You know, it really sucks. You really, it really hates your life. But once like you, you do it, you're shape, given you have a horrible time with this. Oh, 100%. But once you're done, you get your freaking prize, which is essentially the I did it. And that's when it's like, wow, I actually did. Like, I did a thing. I did this thing. Like, you know, it's like getting to the end of that mountain. And then you get your little, I, you know, you survived. I'm like, it's, I think it sounds weird to say, but I think I learned a lot about myself and about a lot of other things that I never expected to learn from this event. Like, I learned that my limit is so much further than I ever thought it was. Like, yeah. I used to think that I could not sprint for more than 10 minutes if I need to. I was sprinting with, like, 20 pounds on me for hours. I, I never thought I could do that. The other thing, I thought I would mentally break if i was ever forced to stay up for that long doing physical activity no i could do it but then also i learned that a lot of people that i've met who were in the service have this unique ability to, to sleep, sleep anywhere anywhere <laughs> i thought that was just a uh, a funny thing that they did or like they were pre like preset to do it a funny thing they did <laughs> no no i thought it was funny no you when you're in any form of that event if you have a moment to shut your eyes and you don't take it you are wasting time connor don't say anything about this i know you and i know you would sleep in any minute if you were in that scenario also because you've done that i know Con i mean connor has echoed that sentiment to me a lot that you know doesn't not necessarily attribute it to the service but just like you get to the point where you know you're given an opportunity to sleep you're doing it. yeah micro naps and uh i i get it now i do yeah like that 10 that like five minutes of shy is like a game changer but yeah you know it's kind of i think we echoed the sentiment back and forth it's like this is the most fun that we've ever had while being the most miserable we've ever been it was and it's, it's kind so of weird. it's kind of hard to wrap your head around it while you're not doing it but it's like because i know danny i was texting danny a lot trying to let her know how we were doing because she's like you sound like you're absolutely miserable how are you not having fun and i'm like oh no don't get me wrong this is fun it, it, like we're having we're having fun we it's were just, having so much fun while it being really freaking so sucks like you know it's like it's like people who are really into bike riding long distance or people who are really into hiking or like any of those things or i guess like the spartan or spartan races are also very good this was essentially a spartan race that. for airsoft nerd yeah it's like while you're doing it are you having fun i mean in the general term of having fun, yes. Are you currently miserable? Also, yes. But you're doing it because this is what you enjoy. This is what you're into. So in that term, you're having fun. But in the actual moment, in terms of what is your body feeling and experiencing, you're not like it's miserable. You're having a, you're having a tough time and your body is getting a lot of exertion. But, you know, it's it's what you like to do it's like your hobby. So it was kind of a confusion because, you know, afterwards, like Miles said, it's like wouldn't have tried to wouldn't have you know if we had to go back and decide if we were going to do this again or not 100 percent would do it again and 100 percent will do it i again. feel like a lot of people are gonna be like you were that miserable why are you gonna do it again no i don't care like it's so it was fun i signed up knowing i was gonna be miserable did i know how miserable i was going to be <laughs> not <laughs> even remotely but i guess this is the thing we can circle back around to what we said earlier about how my last experience with this because this is my second event going was different was that uh, the last one I went to was in kind of more of an open field environment with like, you know, hills, ranges, 
long distance patrolling and stuff. And in that event, we got to have a lot more downtime and sleep because we were able to actually detect enemies coming to attack us a lot sooner because it was open field. Like you could just straight up see people like half a mile away before they got to you. Here, it was since it was such a dense urban environment, they could just be on you in a second. So there was a lot more stress and a lot less downtime because the engagements were so much more like frequent. I definitely didn't expect to not get this much sleep. Now we know. <laughs> now we know, don't we? Honestly, honestly, the best part of it was just being able to like, A, see you again this soon, because I know you're out here in March for Danny's birthday, but being able I'd like to like to get out here a lot more often. Hang out enjoyable. with you and Tim was just the biggest fun of it. Yeah, we were broing out the entire weekend. It was the ultimate bro trip. And afterwards, we, you know, they thanked us. We had a big Q&A. Essentially, the company loves to like get feedback and see what they can do differently. And then we got Panda Express on the way out. And honestly, I'm that was probably like the worst food that we could have picked. But it was hot, hot food and it was all we needed never underestimate hot food um i'm convinced that panda express actually puts melatonin in their food every time i've eaten panda express i am like dead tired after no do you know what it was miles like if you look at what we were eating other than the bagels because yes we ate some bagel we bought some bagels with us yeah if you but... put bagels on the ground and you push your knee into them you get all the air out of them those are crepe bagels and they yeah. take up no space and are dense as all living hell crepes aren't dense though crepes are like light and airy That's they're crepe bagels in their thinness oh in their thinness yeah and any for way they are nothing near crepes but like the amount of carbs in that freaking panda express meal versus the amount of carbs you would eaten previously oh yeah our bodies were like what is going we're on we're like whoa and then just shut down <laughs> <laughs> and I feel that too. I was on, I was shut down in the front of the car as well. But um, yeah, dude, overall, excellent experience. We'll do it again. We learned a lot of lessons. We have a lot of plans for the next time, which are going to make our next experience go from a fun experience to a insanely fun experience. A lot of notes to be taken of like, you know, because for Tim and Miles, it was their first time. Honestly, it might as well have been my first time again going to one of these events because it was so long ago. So now we definitely have a lot of notes of what to do differently, what worked, what didn't, how to make that experience even more fun for us. And next time is going to be even better. A lot of things. To, I think one thing to pick away is that the kit we brought in, I vastly overestimated what I needed and undervalued mm -hmm. a lot of other things. So it's cool to see that, like, testing out something, you learn where its weaknesses are. All three of us are sort of kit nerds, where we love looking at, like, how our kit's set up, like, what kind of cool gadgets we have. We're all fans of that. And it's a fun little experience to be like, oh, that thing we thought was insanely cool, oh, it is not functional at all. <laughs> or the, oh, this looks really cool, but is it actually functional? No. And I think Sam is the best one. He has a little pouch below his, like, main plate carrier, which is where we had all of our snacks, pretty much. Mm -hmm. His was the most usable of all of ours, and he thinks it looks the worst. I mean, I think we all agreed it looked the worst. It was also the lowest quality, but just because of how it was built with it, had a, it had, like, a zipper in front instead of on top, it was infinitely more useful than yours and Tim's. Yeah, so it's pretty cool to see stuff like that, but any other but, um, takeaways from this event? takeaways um i think what you said i think you put a very big nail on it earlier which is just you we discovered a lot about our bodies and our limits that we didn't know previously and uh honestly it was just the most fun was just having fun times with the bros you know and that's a big takeaway for me it was just like uh the biggest part i wouldn't have gone alone i i mean you know, i'm not really i went alone the first time but for me now, airsoft is just gonna be a thing to just do with the do with the homies. Yep. It was the best part was just you know seeing you and Tim and being able to go do something as a as a group of guys and just have a good time. You know. Yep. yep definitely. That was the biggest thing. Also, just having two years, two and a half years of planning come to fruition. <laughs> yeah, that is that is pretty fun to see that. Like, I think like halfway through, like we just like the day we stepped off on the field, we looked at each other and we're like, we've done it. This is it. Like yeah. it's it's all come together. By golly, was it a good time? By golly, it was. Speaking of good times, just to bring this to a close, as we always do, uh, how was this instant coffee? <laughs> I mean, I don't really have a rating for instant coffee. I'm not gonna lie for to you. Instant coffee, it wasn't bad. It was coffee, and for how easy it was to make. I would not complain. We it wasn't as good as the Three Ships Salty Dog Instant Coffee provided to us by the wonderful Three Ships Coffee in this month's edition of the hey, coffee um, subscription package. Please sponsor in. us. We love you. Steven, um, if we were to run a coffee shop at one of these events and uh, we were to have that Three Ships logo somewhere on there, <laughs> cough, you know, cough, sponsor? I don't know the political standing of, of Three Ships Coffee if they want to be associated. That's actually a very valid point. Steven, don't sponsor us at military simulation events. If you want to sponsor, sponsor our us podcast. for our tech podcast, though, that only occasionally talks about... If you haven't noticed already, 
this podcast, Miles and I decided that this podcast is going to be broken into the three types of episodes. The informational episodes, the teachable episodes, teachable slash knowledge, like not knowledge, but teachable slash opinionated episodes, and then the personal life episodes. This is definitely like a personal life episode, obviously. We're not turning the podcast away from tech into like airsoft or anything like that. This is just kind of like the like the universal trip, just kind of an episode that you guys kind of get a little bit more about me and like Miles and I versus technology. It's also fun that we're sort of documenting our lives out of college as we go and you see like how I've noticed I've looked back at some of the episodes and like we talk about stuff. I'm like, whoa, what's going on there? And then I look at myself now. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, so this is it's these episodes are sort of like a uh, a time stamp in our lives where we're at what we're doing so that if if anyone or even if us go we go back and listen to it we can be like oh that was so much fun yeah well i really appreciate you uh coming out and doing this with me and uh you know who i appreciate i appreciate the people listening to this episode sam yes we do the like the five of you five of you and we love you all mostly mostly uh christina's like on the, on the damn danny keep that in he deserves the smoke don't beat me with a wooden spoon mom well, this has been Coffee Bites, the special Milson West recounts edition. The asbestos incident. Thanks for All watching. Right, catch you guys next time. Jeez. Listening, Jesus Christ. There's no video element, you fools, and there never will be.